0: The revolution is here. A movement of people free to live, work, and choose. We won't tell you what to think. We just demand that you think for yourself. This is Kibby on Liberty. Hey, how's hey. it going? <laughs>
1: Good, how are you?
0: Good. Um, so I, I desperately wanted to talk to you because I figured you could solve my problem. Um, the moral dilemma that those of us that were skeptical of lockdowns from day one or day two or whenever we decided to be who we are and the demonization we suffered for, for wanting to kill our grandmothers and everybody else, we've now come full circle where um, the Attorney General sort of um, perhaps hypocritically has said that we need, we need to have some understanding for people that have different views on, on science, and it was, it was kind of funny to see that, but, but, but you, you have very strong opinions about this Um, because you were one of the ones that was demonized and marginalized and you you lost friends over this thing, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I would say that my opinion, you know, I'm all for forgiveness and I think, you know, people can be forgiven at any point in time. But if they don't acknowledge their error and there's not any kind of apology, then it's not really uh, forgivable. And what I've also noticed is that a lot of people are sort of pretending that they couldn't have known or um, or and the other trend I'm seeing is that they're uh, justifying their bad treatment of me by saying, "Well, you like aligned yourself with Republicans who are evil, so so that was wrong. No matter whether, uh, yeah. no matter whether you're right about all the harms this would cause."
0: It was. I mean, we talked about this last time, but the, how quickly the tribes formed on this was fascinating to me. Even particularly, you you could argue that that Trump was particularly bad on lockdowns. Like he's he's yeah. the, he's the guy that platformed Fauci. And yet, it does seem to automatically be like a progressive-conservative thing. Yeah. Why? What, what happened? Is it just politics, and we were beating up Trump, so it became, it became partisan?
1: Yeah, I do think it was a lot. I think that I call it Trump derangement syndrome, like a lot of people. And I just see, you know, a lot of my friends or former friends and current relatives, they they stay relatives no matter what are uh, on the left, and they still are just obsessed with their hatred of Trump. Um, it's it's still very much. Uh you know, I'll have discussions with them where we're talking about the harms of lockdowns, which they're now acknowledging. But they're like, well, in the scheme of things, it's not really that big of a problem. The, the authoritarianism on the right is the bigger problem. I'm like, really? I mean, you know, January 6th was cited to me by my mother the other days. I mean, January 6th was, you know, like a little... I mean, it was not a good thing, but it was this wasn't the entire party, whereas on the Democratic side, I mean, you're seeing an entire party that basically embraced authoritarian measures such as forcing people to stay home and not run their businesses and uh, wear a piece of cloth cloth over their face and most recently get uh, an injection for something that hadn't been around for very long um, with, you know, no long term data on it. Uh, to not sort of see that and to say, well, because it's coming from the Democrats, it must be okay. Um, I, I sort of see that mentality going on a lot and it's troubling.
0: I've seen, so I, I think about this and I've, I've said this and, and done this on the show for the last two years. I, I think this is the biggest humanitarian catastrophe in public policy in my lifetime. And, and I'm comparing that to 20 years in Afghanistan. So it's a pretty high yeah. bar to consider um, how much damage has been done so there needs to be, there needs to be um, at least accountability. And I've seen yeah. I've seen some uh, pro-lockdowners, typically um, smaller voices, just like people on Twitter that said, "Wow, I really got that wrong. Yeah. I'm sorry." Yeah. Um, but the big guys, yeah, the guys that are sort of ve- vested in doubling down on lockdowns, it, you're sort of in that locked in that political equilibrium where if they admit they're wrong, they, they destroy their brand, they destroy yeah. their credibility. If they're a politician, politicians can't say that they ever make any mistakes anymore. Yeah, yeah. But but they need to sort of acknowledge it so that we don't do it again.
1: Yes, I mean that's absolutely correct. And because that hasn't happened, I worry that it will. I mean, F- Fauci, for instance, just said the other day we have to be prepared to bring restrictions back if cases go up. Um, there's been no sort of resound repudiation on that side that this was the wrong approach. And there are more articles coming out. For instance, in the New York Times, there was one today about uh, you know I think deaths among young people like 25 to 44 were up 40 percent or something alcohol related and drug overdoses yeah uh you know starting in 2020 which anyone with common sense would have predicted i did and i'm sure you did and many other people um of course they're pretending it was unknowable right (laughs) right but uh you know these sorts of things along you know there's a lot of evidence too about the harms that have been done to children this should be a repudiation of the entire ideology and instead i think the conclusion of the article was we need to teach people to handle stress better <laughs> <laughs>
0: how about government imposed stress yeah,
1: exactly exactly <laughs> you know
0: you could you could work out an alternative universe where the government didn't do anything insane and we went through a, a fairly tough season of a virus. Like I, I've I've read data, and I don't know if this is true or not, but I've I've read epidemiologists who argue that by by vaccinating this virus so early, you you basically forced it to mutate. So we got we got three viruses instead of one. I don't know if that's true, but what would happen in a world where the government didn't do anything at all? And I suspect no one would have noticed.
1: Yeah. Well, we sort of have, I mean, we have real world examples like Sweden, where they actually, I think Sweden should have done less. Right. <laughs> uh, people cite Sweden. I mean, they took a very soft lockdown approach, but they still had, They, I believe that they closed colleges. They still asked people to socially distance. I mean, there's an argument to be made that you actually shouldn't have closed the colleges and that maybe telling young people, you know what, go on with your lives. That's the best way to do this because it's pretty clear that... Um, natural infection is going to be the way out of this. Yeah. Um, although a friend of mine just got censored on Twitter for saying that, so right. <laughs> maybe this video will get taken down. <laughs> what,
0: what I what I always do, and I, apparently this is this is a loophole. If you talk about your personal vaccination experience, which I've really uh, done on this show, then then you can then you're allowed to, to speculate about these things. Um, so I'm going to do it just for for editorial purposes. Yeah. I got the shot, and then two weeks later, I got COVID. Yeah. So that's, that's how it worked for me.
1: So there is actually, I was speaking to this doctor who's excellent. Um, he, uh, says that there is negative vaccine efficacy for two weeks. That's actually why you're not considered fully vaccinated for two weeks following the last dose. Yeah. So you actually have an increased chance and this isn't some crackpot. He's sure. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure if you'd want me to say his name, so I'm not going to, but, <laughs> um, this is a very highly esteemed doctor at a big university, uh, um, yeah. Ivy league university. And, uh, but that's not known. They don't actually make that public. So you may w- very well have that might maybe why.
0: <laughs> I don't know, but I was promised robust immunity from Fauci, and I got it. Yeah. I just got it the yeah. old-fashioned yeah.
1: way. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. Well, and there's been recent, There, I think Pfizer released data showing that there's no, the vaccine ha- does not reduce infections at all in the 5 to 11 age group, um, which, and they're you know, mandating vaccines for these children where we have no long-term data. Again, I mean, it's stunning, uh, really, a... And there's no humility, that yeah. maybe we just don't know. I mean, and that's why it should be a personal choice because we simply can't know long-term effects of something that's been around for like 18 months.
0: That's what I, that's what I would have wanted. And I wanna get into what the, the Surgeon General said because it's very relevant to that because suddenly um, uh, the lockdowners and the public health officials have discovered that science is a process of discovering things that we don't know anything about. And as a result, over time, your your hypothesis about what's true might be proven wrong, and you change directions. And it's iterative yeah. and and it's humble. Yeah, like yeah. it's not like it's it's exactly the opposite of of Fauci declaring, "I am the science." Yeah, and they've they've suddenly discovered this two years after speaking in absolute terms about what you must do, yeah. and then not letting you choose. Um, yeah, that's the problem.
1: Yes, that is the problem, um, and that's. I mean, the government is now, I mean, they really haven't learned anything because they're propagating this idea that social media and other um, media should be censoring people who have different views on COVID um, for spreading misinformation. And there's even a whole initiative put together demanding that these companies turn over information about the sources of misinformation, that's individuals, obviously, um, to the government. which is stunning. I mean, so it's the government saying, if you depart from our message and our position on COVID, you know, COVID and COVID-related issues, you're being punished um, and you're being silenced. And this is exactly, I mean, exactly the the, goes to the heart of the First Amendment, which is about free speech and the free exchange of political ideas. It's it's a stunning disregard for the principles of, you know, that should be um, foundational to this country.
0: The timing was fascinating. This was... um Uh, the Surgeon General announced this initiative where he wanted to cooperate with tech companies to come up with a a list of bad actors. And it it happened exactly at the time when all of these same government officials were starting to acknowledge that things that they said weren't exactly right and that they they had to reiterate everything from masks to vaccine efficacy and everything else. so how do you how do you have at the same time the government saying, you know what, I got some things wrong while they're gonna go back and um, retroactively hold people that they disagree with accountable and then force companies to do that?
1: I think you're looking at people who have no intellectual consistency and no moral <laughs> you know, no moral no values at all. I mean they're they're not uh, they're completely willing to make these twisted arguments that frankly a lot of people um, don't, don't, and I don't want to say that people are, are not smart. <laughs> um, you know, a lot of people, and again, I think this goes back to what I was talking about earlier with my friends or relatives who come from the left, they say, well, whatever the Surgeon General says must be right, because he's, you know, he's a good guy, and he's with Biden, and Biden wants this too, and Biden's he, a Democrat. He wears a uniform and everything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so they're not really thinking past that. They're just yeah. uh, sort of taking at face value what he says without looking at what's going on.
0: So, um, and, and you've been very Active on Twitter pointing this out, but uh, the Surgeon General makes this announcement. And within, I feel like within 48 hours, some very big lockdown skeptics were just disappeared on yeah. social media.
1: Yeah. So a couple of them, uh, Michael Sanger, and his, the tweet for which he was supposedly suspended permanently, so he's lost his account forever and can now, you can never create a new one, um, was pretty benign, especially, I mean, he and others have definitely said things that I would say are are more controversial not that you should absolutely be able to say anything controversial or anything but you know this was it was something like all covid mitigation measures were a fraud i mean that's not that's not you know that controversial um and then daniel kotzen another big twitter person was suspended at the same time only temporarily so far for saying um that we would the pandemic would end because of everybody getting infected, or most people getting infected, not vaccination. Again, like many epidemiologists hold this view, this is not right. right. <laughs> this is not. Uh, so I think this was directly connected to that, um, and the, the the Biden administration's attempt to to, implement, to sort of instrumentalize social media platforms to censor people with divergent views on COVID actually goes back much earlier. That the first that I'm aware of was Jennifer Saki making um, state the White House press secretary making statements about how the tech companies needed to do more they're uh, responsible for american deaths there were reports that the white house was sort of uh threatening um companies with regulation we don't know if they were directly threatened or or it was you know they were just hoping that they would hear this so the company it's it's my opinion that the companies are worried and they started ramping up censorship and when i've spoken to a lot of people their accounts started getting censored and you know Often for things that were not that crazy um, around that time, so I think that this is directly uh, traceable to the government's action.
0: Yeah, it, it seems like I, I'm calling it um, political capture instead of regulatory capture, but it seems kind of a chicken and egg thing where you know our private companies actively censoring people just to follow. Um, that the the revenue that they get from advertisers, including by the way, one of the b- biggest clients is surely the federal government spending money on these things, or is it um, fear of the White House saying we're coming after you if you don't do this? Um, but either way, it's it's not a private company acting on their own. I no. don't think.
1: No, I, d- I don't think so either. And I, the trick is for any lawyer who wants to litigate this is you know proving causation, and uh, you know it could be difficult because um, you know you may have to prove that the that these accounts were censored because of the government and well there's a strong timeline and I think there's quite a bit of evidence for that if there's no direct link established it might be an uphill battle.
0: Either way, I think you and I'm definitely comfortable saying this is a this is a First Amendment violation. Oh yeah. Um, Absolutely. I don't care if it's nominally <laughs> a private company, but when the when the president or his spokesperson is saying you must stop this Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and and often with 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 real political motives, too, because yeah. it, it happens to be their political opposition that they're stopping as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, from a purely First Amendment standpoint, that's true. And then there's case law to support this. And there was a case called um, Bantam Books. versus I forgot who the other side was, but from about the 60s. And a commission in Rhode Island had been going around to booksellers it was like a you know government commission saying threatening them if they didn't stop selling pornography and the government tried to argue well this isn't uh, this isn't the government we're just like saying you know you might face some penalties if you don't and the court the Supreme Court said that that was unconstitutional that violated the First Amendment and I think that that's probably the most similar case to what we're looking at here
0: yeah but but you're <laughs> not taking this case
1: <laughs> I I have some plans to <laughs> to take this case (laughs) okay
0: so here's um i I pulled this down because uh the surgeon general vivek murthy yeah Yeah. um he was on fox news i guess this past weekend and and he struck a more um conciliatory tone and i i've heard other people say this and I, i think it's like wildly hypocritical and it's um we, we, he's, he's defending how the science evolves and we learn new data and that means things are different. And, but then he goes on to say, but what's also really important is that we have the ability to have respectful, thoughtful dialogue with one another. I worry about the temperature rise in our dialogue about people being shut out in terms of their points of view being heard. We need to be able to hear all voices. We need to be able to respect everybody. and. <laughs> This is like a week or two after he's, he, he created a list. Yeah. It's, you know, it's sort of like, uh, it's kind of like the, the red scare now. Like we're, we're going to like purge everybody that, that were are right. Yeah. By the way, they were right. We were wrong. And so like, is that, he's just like talking out of both sides of his mouth or is he now worried that, that he and the Biden administration will be held accountable for being like, um, they, they're they the ones that predicted a winter of misery and death, right? Yeah,
1: that very much could be. I mean, I think certainly people are coming around and seeing the truth. And that's why I, uh, about a month ago, someday in February, you know, you saw basically everything changed. All these Democratic uh, mayors and governors were dropping mandates like crazy that they just a week ago said were absolutely necessary. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, uh Mayor Bowser, one day to the next, dropped the the vaccine mandate, so I mean everybody knows, and I think there's even a memo um I don't know if we have the real memo, but everybody knows that they got terrible. There was some internal polling done, and they were told Americans don't like this, they're done with this um and so I think they know that the tide is turning, and now they're trying to avoid being held accountable, but it's uh, this it's funny too, this reminded me I have a friend at Georgetown law, and she uh got an email saying they're finally dropping their mask mandate. But please, if somebody's wearing a mask, please be respectful of their personal choice. Like, oh, now we're being respectful of three people's right. personal choices and yeah. what to do with their bodies.
0: I've had, I've had random Karens shout at me in the middle uh, of the street where you're not even supposed to wear a mask. They're certainly not required to, just yeah. freaking out on you. But, yeah. Yeah. but now we're going to be respectful. Well, but that just, would have been the approach back yeah. back when. Yeah. And I like,
1: still, I do try to be, you know. yeah. <laughs> but I'm, yeah.
0: But, you, you're still in this point where they've they've sort of socialized responsibilities so that apparently it, it is my burden to wear a mask if you're uncomfortable. Yeah. And that, that sticks regardless of the law, like we've now sort of shifted that responsibility so the, the, the biggest Karen in America can get on a plane and expect the, the rest of us to to take her responsibility yeah. for it. And And that's, I don't know how you fix that, that's a mess.
1: Yeah, that is a mess. <laughs> Um, and I honestly don't know what to do about it. And I don't know, you know, I have relatives. I have a relative coming to visit next month, and she asked if I was vaccinated. And like, what does that have to do with anything? Right, <laughs> <laughs> right. Have you not been watching the last three months where everybody who's <laughs> been vaccinated got COVID? Like,
0: <laughs> maybe she's <laughs> but, worried that it, it's because you are vaccinated that you might be more contagious.
1: <laughs> I don't. Knowing her, I don't think that's. What- <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah. but I but I think a lot of it too in these sorts of situations are really it's about are you part of my tribe, you know, um rather than actually I think in a lot of in a lot of uh, ways they've actually abandoned the scientific aspect because that's so obviously not
0: Well they they in fairness to them, they've all moved on to blindly um worshiping at the feet of the president of, of Ukraine. Yeah. I don't know why, but <laughs>
1: Yeah, so and, it seems and, popular.
0: <laughs> it's it uh, for for the record. It, it, every time we do this now, we have to like qualify our statements by saying Putin is a thug. <laughs> he shouldn't have invaded Ukraine, but maybe we shouldn't just blindly accept. The government's narrative. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. Am I crazy? No,
1: you're not crazy. And I, I honestly don't, I'm not educated enough about the Ukraine to have a strong opinion, but <laughs> I do think the trend is funny between the people who were blindly pro, you know, lockdown and COVID hysteria, and now just have switched to. Yeah, that's, that's
0: the <laughs> dynamic that, and I, I don't want to get into Ukraine either, but uh, the dynamic of where a, a, a switch was flipped and we were suddenly allowed to talk about the problems with lockdowns and masking and all that stuff. Um, but now, those same companies, um, perhaps directed by the same government officials, are determining what you're allowed to say about the invasion of Ukraine. And I don't. Yeah. And to me, that's the infrastructure of government censorship that's that's sort of now baked into the cake. So I, I think we should at least notice that um, we're getting Dangerously close to a point where we're not allowed to criticize the government's actions. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. really matter what they are Yeah, good yeah. actions bad actions.
1: Did you hear this? Uh, Robbie suave from reason his video was taken down where it was a some speech of Trump gave Yeah, he was actually criticizing and they were criticizing him in the video But apparently they didn't criticize him quickly enough or it wasn't clear enough. So they took it down. So I mean and whatever you think of Trump, which I certainly don't think well of him, but he was the president of the United States right. for four years. Like to act like we can't even have a video of him and talk about it. I mean, is this is very? I mean, this is scary stuff.
0: Yeah, it's 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 insane. Uh, you mentioned the memo, and and I dug around. That's uh, supposedly okay. a memo uh, done by the president's polling company. I think yeah. is the one you're talking about. Yeah. And. I did some digging to see if it was real because it seemed like a parody, but I think it was real. Yeah. Um, But um, whether or not it was real, I immediately saw um, spokespeople for the Democrats on TV saying exactly the messages that they decided. So um, the science didn't change, just the, the midterms are coming.
1: Exactly, exactly. That's all that happened there was a memo i saw it's from like a a focus group or something but it was to the democratic politicians i think it was probably not the real version that they all got but it's also like we you know the message is declare victory we the democrats have beaten COVID. yeah (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) because democratic politicians can beat COVID, a virus (laughs) um and you know it's time to declare victory and move on but of course it's there's still no acknowledgement or repudiation of of what you know went went on, and I think that's important. Otherwise, we're, it will just happen again.
0: Yeah, the 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 infrastructure is there, not just for censorship, but I think um, that the precedent now is that lockdown is the right. The Fauci said it just a couple yeah. days ago. Yeah. Like we may have to do this again. Yeah, yeah. Um, so there's no learning. There's no, no. like, um, and I don't know how you reconcile if if they won't take accountability for what they did.
1: Yeah. I, I don't either. <laughs> I would I mean, I, I guess that's what I use my Twitter account for. But, um, You're going to litigate yeah. this on Twitter. <laughs> I want to make sure people don't forget the next time around. <laughs>
0: yeah, have you have you named names? Like, um, I, the, some of the big guys, I, I don't even know these guys, but maybe my brain's better off that I don't know them.
1: Oh, like the scientists on Twitter? Yeah, like is, there's Greg Gonsalves uh, and Jeremy Faust. They've both blocked me, so I don't know. <laughs> And I don't, you know, I don't, like, harass people, but I point, I'll say this is a very flawed reasoning, and yeah. I have a whole um, contingent of crazy lefty, they're all men for some reason, but who uh, just keep going after me for working for Coke-funded people, and that's all they have, you know, I work for Coke-funded people. I've only worked for 501c3, so it's, like, they're not even connecting it to me, <laughs> getting some huge windfall. But it's it's, just... by,
0: by the way, it's still the Coke brothers, even though there's, yeah, there's, there's only one, there's only one yeah. but... That's, that's, whenever they, they sort of lose all the arguments, that sort of thing. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah and, and there's just a complete lack of uh, logical, Thinking there, because it's like, well, I mean, first of all, I've aligned myself with certain people because I care very much about this and I want to fight it, and these are the people who are fighting it. It doesn't necessarily mean I agree with them on everything. But also, if you're accusing me of having some nefarious motives or being corrupt, I mean, then you have to show I'm getting something out of it that's like right. out of the ordinary. <laughs> I don't feel I don't
0: feel like being opposed to lockdowns from day one was a particularly lucrative position no, to be in. No, no, it was the I opposite. Just, yeah. Everybody, everybody leaves you like you're like you're a leper or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And I've I've certainly limited my employment prospects for the future by taking this position. I mean, I can't. Uh, I I no left leaning organization or even I think even libertarian left organization will hire me. And I might be too much for even big law firms. You know. Yeah. So I, <laughs> if anything, <laughs> not well, benefited. <laughs> w- w-
0: welcome to the unlucrative world of of hopefully being principled. Yeah. But, So I I wanna ask you um, the final question, the totally changing gears, but I saw you, you had, and I'm gonna read her name, which is why I'm looking Mm -hmm. at my phone, Katanji Brown Jackson. Yeah. Did I say that right? Yeah. Um, You had, um, I'll characterize your take as, um, of the possible choices she's actually pretty strong on some civil liberties-type issues, so she's probably the best we're going to get from the Democrats.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I, you know, I may have been too optimistic about her. I mean, there are a lot of things that are not great. She certainly doesn't show much um, skepticism of agency power, although she hasn't. She has actually enjoined agency action on a couple of occasions and found that their interpretation of statutes, their powers under statutes, was too broad. but, you know, I was really thinking we could end up with someone terrible. And I was worried about, like, another Sotomayor who's just, <laughs> you know, right, re- completely ideological, unable to, to follow the law at all, and um, just very results-oriented in terms of reaching a, whatever the progressive left uh, <laughs> result is. And I, I think there's some hope here that she's not totally like that. Um,
0: so, like, um, uh, you're not the only one that said this. Justin Amash tweeted out a couple days ago that... Um, I won't quote him because I'll get it wrong, but he's basically like, she's a heck of a lot better than Merrick Garland.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um,
0: so, I mean, I guess you have to, and then, you know, you probably know Ilya Shapiro got in trouble yeah, yeah. for for um, uh, a a dumb tweet that Poorly you Poorly ha- phrased. <laughs> a, a, a dumb tweet yeah. that you would have to um, read with ill will to yeah, think yeah, that exactly. he was making a, a racial statement. Exactly. Um, but he he argued that somebody else would have been better than her but i i just wonder you as a as a lawyer that that works on constitutional stuff what what your general take is on her
1: yeah i mean sort of what i you know what i said i mean she has she's not unwilling to enjoin agencies she doesn't seem to think you know we should never do anything to rein in agencies um but she's certainly not you know gorsuch or someone like that yeah. she i also have to admit as a as a former public defender she was also a public defender in the they're underrepresented on the, uh, on the bench. A lot of heavily leans towards people who are prosecutors. So I think that can, um, you know, give a certain, yeah. uh, favors one sort of viewpoint. And public defenders do tend to have skepticism of the government, although I've seen a lot of people not carry that over to the COVID yeah. stuff.
0: No, I, I think, um, and uh, our friend at Cato's made an argument about that, that, that you know, always having prosecutors um, Creates a bias,
1: yeah, yeah,
0: in the decision making,
1: for sure, for sure. And she had that was another thing I liked about her. She had worked with Cato on something. I forgot exactly what it is, what it was, but um, you know, it shows that she's not, uh, you know, one of these people who's unwilling to work with the right or whatever because they're evil. And, yeah, uh, yeah. So, and I've also I have a couple of colleagues who've appeared before her and said she's active and engaged, and she's in, you know she's intelligent. She's clearly knows her stuff, which you know, okay. better than a lot of people. <laughs>
0: Now, now I know slightly more than nothing <laughs> about her, and um, I haven't paid attention to it yet. It's going on right now. Yeah, but we'll, we'll yeah. We'll see what happens.
1: Yeah, I, I suspect she'll, I suspect she'll get confirmed, but we'll see.
0: So, um, how do people find your work, and and if you have any cool stuff coming up, let us know about it.
1: I will, I will for sure. Um, I'm Lefty Lockdowns one on Twitter as uh, my handle. And uh, I work at the New Civil Liberties Alliance, so uh, all my cases and cases that I will soon be filing will be uh, available on their website, uh, ncalegal.org.
0: Okay, I know you got something cool, and uh, maybe you come back and tell us about that once you once you crush the man.
1: Sounds great. Okay, thank (laughs) thank you so much for having me.
0: Thanks for watching. If you enjoyed that show, make sure that you like and subscribe. Click the little bell so that you get notifications. And if you consume this via podcast, go wherever you want to go. We're everywhere. Kibbe on Liberty. The revolution starts now.